You know what, Barker? Things things are turning around for Alec Manoa. How do you mean it? I can feel it. Uh, I, I can feel it. They're turning around. They're turning around. Lance Kennedy asked me which way they're turning. Very funny, Lance, for less than half a minute into the show. <laughs> really well done. He's paying attention. He is. No, it, it's turning because Alec Manoa has one of his worst starts the as a member start. of the Blue Jays. Okay, worst the start. worst start so, yeah. as a member of the Blue Jays yes. last night. No question. And it's not that no one cares, because we care. We do. Even though we don't have any answers, and apparently no one else does. It's not that that no one cares, but all we want to talk about is Aaron Judge. Cheating Aaron well, Judge. Oh, you, oh, you want to talk Aaron about Aaron Judge. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a little bit of fun with it. And I mean, what else can you do? 7-4 loss to the Yankees last night. Game is over in the first inning. Aaron Judge, uh, sorry, Alec Manoa, not very good. I mean, I'll just give you the gory numbers. Uh, seven walks is a career high. Uh, one walk with the bases loaded, three leadoff walks, he, nine three-ball counts. He got uh, three whiffs in the slider, eight whiffs in total. That's a good inning for some guys, 32 swings. He just he threw an 0-2 changeup to the right hand and hitting Higashioka. Uh, I mean, it was it was just a mess. And uh, he actually, for the first time that I can remember, got he heard some boos when he came off the field last night. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Regarding Alec Manoa, we'll do that with Buck Martinez, Blue Jays analyst. He'll join us later in the show. Kevin's got some thoughts as well, although quite frankly at this point, I I mean, I don't know what we do. Danny Jansen. Whatever. <laughs> um, just please, please, please don't tell me that he's, another good, that he's had a, a good side session because I, I'm at the point now with the side sessions. I'd like him to go out and stink in a side what session true, so that he can what come out and true? pitch well in the game. What Anyhow, if it's true? Well, whatever. <laughs> but let's all of that stuff is all complicated pitching, khaki, analytical stuff. Okay. I want to talk about revenge. Khaki's I want to talk about over. the blood. I want to talk about the blood and guts part of baseball. Oh, maybe I'm overselling this. Last you night, are. Here's, a, are, si- here's, a, here's a situation. No, no, no. Last situation. night, eighth inning, eighth inning, eighth inning, six nothing bombers. Aaron Boone's uh, just been ejected by uh, Clint Vondrak, awesome. the home plate that umpire. Awesome. And it was a great ejection. It really was. Well Swin done, a, Darren Boone. six nothing. He gets tossed. He gets tossed. But, Kev, one of those, one of those two, I, either he or Schneider were going to go. Because that was. Well, that's Pete Walker. Uh, who, I, that was who was going to go. It, it was not a great. Uh, it, I mean. Are you surprised? You know me and umpires. It well, was, it like was not a. You're the only person. It was the fabulous, <laughs> fabulous exploding strike zone or shrinking oh, yeah. strike zone. Oval. <laughs> that was an oval. I said last night it was. It was more like a heck, whatever the hell an eight-sided thing is. I don't know. Or it looked like something. You know, you, you, you guys mo. remember yep. Etch's? You guys remember Etch's? Nobody remembers Etch's sketch. I'm mean, anyhow Etch's sketch. It was like an Etch's sketch time. strike zone, right, before with the little knobs time. and all that. My God. Uh, so anyhow, Aaron Aaron Boone has been tossed. It's going off. It's six nothing. There's two outs. It's in the eighth inning. Jay Jackson, uh-huh. journeyman Jay Jackson. No disrespect to Jay Jackson. He's knocked around. He's knocked around. But he's pitching against Aaron Judge, who's already got a home run and walked, what, uh, three times. Once intentionally by Nate Pearson, which is another story. Um, So Aaron Judge is at the plate, and the Sportsnet cameras catch him glancing to his right. Now... I don't think you can glance to your right and see where the catcher's sitting up, setting up. 
No. You, you can you glance towards your dugout. And all I know is, and we saw him do it at least once. I've had people tell me there were at least three times in the game. I saw it three times. I've had people tell me it wasn't only that at bat, but I don't know. But I'm just saying. That's the first time I see. I've never I, seen that. I, I haven't seen never. that, so I'm I'm, I'm going to say it was that <laughs> at bat. Never have I seen that. Uh, but uh, anyhow, Aaron Judge hits a home run to the moon. To the moon. <laughs> to the moon. It to went, the moon. It went to the moon. It landed in somebody's <laughs> drink in one of the lounges up there. Oh, waiter, there's a home run ball. Waiter, there's a home run ball in my suit. But anyhow, it landed It landed amongst the, uh, you know, in, in one of the, I don't know, whatever the hell the lounge was, it landed. But it landed in there. It went way up there. It, it went way, way up there. Now, he, and here's the thing. And, uh, you know, Buck and Dan did a good job of, of, of talking about this. Uh, a couple of things. One, the Yankees, we know the Yankees have cheated in the past. <laughs> I mean, we know. We well, know they have. I mean, I don't know that. well, here's the thing. Major League Baseball, this is way before the garbage can banging thing happened, right? Major League Baseball investigated them. What they found out, now it was cheating, but it wasn't cheating. What they found out is the Yankees were using video, using stuff in their video room and transmitting stuff in the dugout, which was used to help hitters. At the time, it wasn't, there was nothing in base, baseball that said you can't do it. And point of fact, there were a couple of teams doing it. And every the, the Boston Red Sox were legendary for it. I mean, they had an army of people squirreled away in the back. Uh, but anyhow, so that's out there. That's out there. We know that in the past the Yankees have been, you know. But here's the thing. It's not cheating what Aaron Judge did yesterday. As long as they're not using anything electronically, you know, as long as they're not using anything electronically, there are two levels of cheating in baseball. There's the stuff you don't do that the commissioner's office doesn't like. Let's see the Houston Astros, for example. All that electronic stuff, garbage can banging, stuff like that. But then there's stuff that's gone on forever. Sign stealing, uh, tipping location. Uh, you know, I mean, the famous story Alan Ashby tells about the, the Astros knew that when Pete Judge, or when, when Pete Judge, I got Judge in my mind. When Pete Rose was on second base, they caught him. Yeah. giving location by that's a, that's ta- okay. tapping the top of his helmet. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. okay. Absolutely. The next time he came up, Nolan Ryan was on the mound. Well, yeah, the next time he came up, it hurts. bingo. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, yeah. and, and, and it did. So all of this stuff has gone on in the past. So, so let's be clear. If they're not using anything electronic, then it's just kind of, it's the second layer of baseball yeah. cheating, the nudge, nudge, wink, wink layers of baseball cheating. Uh, and so, so there, that's where, and, and the fact of the matter is like, we, we don't know. I mean, we, we don't know with 100% certainty what Aaron judge maybe, was doing. Maybe he was peeking at the chirpers. Maybe he was. Pe- <laughs> well, so I'm watching oh, this wow. in real time and I'm behind, behind home plate with Wagner and I'm watching it real time. And I can see Pete Walker and John Schneider, they know something's up and Pete goes and comes back, and they got two iPads there, and they are sitting in the corner of the dugout, mm-hmm. and they're both looking at the iPad. And sure. I'm pretty sure they're not refreshing their Netflix uh, subscriptions. Anyhow, all this happens. Of course, the Yankees win 7-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aaron Judge, by the way, with his multi-homer game passes 
a well-known cheater, Alex Rodriguez, than the uh, Yankees list for multiple home run games, which is completely beside the point because I'm not suggesting that Aaron Judge is a cheater, and I'm not. No, I'm not even yeah. doing it tongue-in-cheek. Look, you can do that. You can do if I'm he, not even doing it tongue-in-cheek. If he is peaking to get a sign after Jay Jackson threw him six sliders in a row and he hit the sixth one to the moon, Jeff, <laughs> that thing went to the moon. If yeah. you can time that up to where the pitcher comes set, because if you're doing it, you don't want to do it too early, obviously no. not. If you can do it peak have the awareness to get in an athletic position and hit a ball that's, to the moon, yeah. that's elite stuff. I'm, I'm, if I've you never do that, seen, I'm, I'm tipping my eyeglasses seen, to you if you do I've that. Seen, I've, seen, I've seen you peek to the – I've seen hitters peek to the first base coach. Sure. I've seen hitters peek to the third base coach. I've seen what you said about Pete Rose at second base. I've seen it even – it gets to the point where the defender is moving to one side of second base would give away yeah. sort of location. The, it's that kind of thing, right? The I've old, never the old, seen a guy peek the if old that's expos. what he's doing into his dugout and actually be able to hit a baseball to the moon. That's elite stuff. And listen, the, the, that's the, elite. the old expos, the old Wish expos, the expos I covered – they had a thing. The top two hitters in their lineup, it, was, it wasn't – the team didn't even know they were doing it. The top two hitters in the lineup, they were on base. They had a thing where they tugged their pants. Yeah. They were on second base. Tug yeah. your left tug your left leg. Yeah. That's a, that's a sign. Tug your right leg. That's a sign. Don't yeah, that's do how you take your shuffle off the second base Correct. like we used to and always it was only, do that. And it was I only never... two guys. It was, it was yeah, two yeah, guys yeah. who did it. No one else in the team knew. Well, I'm sure they knew about it, but it wasn't a team thing. Sure, yeah. It was I, just these I, two I was dudes. always afraid of, the, of them giving me the wrong sign, and you know how I am. I yeah. have really been chapped. <laughs> so All I right. never wanted it. All right. So anyhow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. See. I don't know what that says about Jay Jackson. If they're able to pick that up and relay – his slider. He he's a slider guy. Like he 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 loves his slider. Yeah. If you're able to do that, shouldn't you be? Um, you sh- you should be thinking about how to correct that to well, where he, you're not giving here, away here's, pitches. Here's a here's a couple of things about that. First of all, we are in the pitch com era where supposedly sign stealing is going to be harder. So I don't know. Did someone point it out? Okay, if they're using pitch com, and and was. I don't know. Did Brandon Belt have pitchcom? Was it tuned, turned you, up too high? Uses it because there have been instances this year where teams have been able to hear the pitchcom because well, dudes have had them turn. You'd have to have some good ears and then be able to read. Oh, Aaron Judge. Be able to relay apparently, apparently, Aaron Judge has some good ears. So, anyhow, all, the bottom line is we're going to play you some clips from the particulars. Uh, I want to start. Hazel May uh, got Jay Jackson after the game. It was a great job by Hazel with the million and one things she was doing. Got Jay Jackson after the game. This is what he said to Hazel May. I haven't seen hitters do that before, so I can't say what he was doing. We'll see what plays out from this. Next time we'll have a different game plan. If he knew it was coming, I'm glad he didn't miss it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that's actually a very good line. I'm not going to say anything about another organization. For him to be peaking for him to be peaking that amount of time, it seemed like it wasn't just a glance, then kind of readjusting your eyes to get back on the pitch. It is odd. It was all right. It it it, it was odd. It was very odd. It was odd. Uh it, people who've seen a ton of baseball and more to the That's point me. people I've who, never seen people that. have stood at the plate or been behind the plate. And you know Buck as a former catcher. What do catchers always do? They're looking They're up to make sure up. the dude isn't peaking. Absolutely. All right. Now let's hear from John Schneider, Aaron Boone and Aaron Judge. Let's start with the skipper of the Blue Jays, John Schneider, who was clearly aware of the situation. I'm not the caliber hitter that Aaron Judge is and never was. 
But, uh, you know, he's obviously looking somewhere besides the pitcher for a reason um, at that point in time in his at-bat. So um, you'll have to ask him. All right. Uh, that was John Schneider, manager of the Blue Jays. Uh, and, okay, where are we going here? I'm looking in this. Uh yeah, okay. Another this is John Schneider again on Aaron Judge. Uh yeah, I saw it. And you know, kind of odd that a hitter would be looking um in that direction. He's obviously looking in that direction for a reason, and I think, you know, dive into it a little bit more tonight and um and tomorrow and see that, you know, just make sure that we're doing everything that we're doing or everything that we can to not make ourselves uh, susceptible to tendencies or or location or pitches or anything like that. But it was, uh, yeah, kind of odd to see him looking over there right before a pitch game. Have there been in the past any times you guys have picked up on him looking like looking in that direction to the no. side? Mm-mm. First time we've seen that. Have you seen other players do that? Would this be completely atypical Shot. for anybody to do that? <laughs> I yeah I haven't spent a whole lot of time looking at hitters' eyes right before they get ready to swing. Um, we have a lot of different camera angles, but uh, first time that it was um, pretty clearly brought to our attention like that. Yeah. All right, that was John Schneider. Way to go, Shy. Boy, yeah. Shy asking the questions. About, Schneider well, walking to, the line was you good. Have to, you it have good. to. Yeah, it was good. This is Aaron Judge, and uh, asked us to Aaron, where were you looking? <laughs> Who were you looking at? What was going on there? Yeah, it was kind of a lot of chirping from our our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it's a six nothing game. And sounds like a disco. Tops, like I was trying to save Booney by calling timeout. Like, hey, like, hold up here. Like, let me let me work here. So I was kind of trying to see who was who was chirping in the dugout. So it's six nothing. Like, let's Booney got tossed. Let's let's go to work now. Yeah, I call uh, BS in that. But uh, anyhow, that was Aaron Judge. Yeah, he was worried about the chirp and keep the game, keep it clean. Nestor, amazing, Nestor Cortez, ama- Nestor Cortez, it's stop, amazing the stop timing chirping. of that chirping. It yeah, really is. It's amazing. And it's remarkable he could hear yeah. that with everything oh, going on. Absolutely. Uh, which just would uh, justify my MVP vote for him if that's the case. Uh, Aaron Boone was asked. Aaron, another Aaron. Aaron Boone, skipper, who was ejected by this time. So he's got a load of this. He's sitting in his office now. Uh-oh. He's probably got a cold one, oh, and he's absolutely. watching. And he's and he's watching TV, and he's watching the TV crew break this down. Aaron, what did you see? The Blue Jays announcers on that at bat with Judge were talking about him looking off to the side. Yeah. Did you see that clip, too? I did. I saw them talking about it a little bit too, and I think because obviously there was some chirping going from our side. Obviously, when I got thrown out, and then it continued. Like you know, I, I think a lot of our guys were still. You know, letting them hear it, and Judgey was kind of looking over, like, "I'm hitting here." <laughs> uh, does Aaron Judge at some point does he turn around to the Yankee Stadium crowd? Will you all shut up? I'm hitting here. Yeah. Stop it! I'm hitting. Anyhow, th- th- that is the that's what the particulars had to say. So the question. Kevin, is where does this go from here? And we talked about this a little bit on Blue Jays Talk last night. Uh, Because, of course, people are saying, oh, boy, tonight, Aaron Judge, first pitch, Mm -hmm. boom, right in the head. Kevin Barker would have 
would take it. In the yeah, Kim, yeah. If it was Kevin Barker, you, you'd be going up with full body armor. Uh, Actually, no. You know what you do? You re- If it was you, <laughs> I was going to say, if it was you, you would would be reporting today with a muscle cramp. <laughs> if it was you, and and not in the game. But anyhow, uh, I mean, what what I think what's probably going to happen in this case. Uh, I've talked about this last night. Seen this happen in the past. Somebody talks to somebody and says, "Hey, you know, listen. We saw you saw it. You know that we saw it. We're aware of it." And you guys should be aware that we're aware. And whether that's Mattingly talking to somebody he knows or, or whatever, uh, you know, I don't know, Garrett Cole and George Springer know it, whatever. That's how the stuff will be handled. I don't think, I don't think there will necessarily be any retribution tonight. I mean, if, if I'm Kevin Gossman, I got bigger fish to fry than no that. No question. Uh, these teams don't play again until the end of September after this series. So I think... I look at it this way. I, this is one of those blessed events that happens in baseball that allows you to talk about something that's fun and not too serious as opposed to the more serious stuff, which we're getting to right now, Kevin, and that is what the hell do we do about Alec Manoa? Run him out there every five days? <laughs> what other option do you have? Well, you got no other option. You got to send him down. I'm, you're not waiting, skipping a start. You're waiting to see if Mitch White can go five innings uh, in AAA, and I'm, if he does, then maybe you can play some games. That you got, you're got. you in the middle of 17 games in a row. you got 30 games in 31 days. You've got no depth in your minor league system in terms of starting pitching, not a Zippo. Maybe, I don't know, is, is Zach Thompson still down there? I mean, you just you don't, yeah, you don't have any depth. You don't have any depth. So you are right. Not you do option. not. You, you go to an opener? No, you're not going to an opener. You wouldn't think so. You, it, Danny Jansen, I guess. I mean, that's... Instead I'm of Alejandro sure that, Kirk? Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to help, but why not? Why not try something? It's not like Kirk, he's earned uh, the right to continue well, it's to not like his bat's keeping him in the line. Yeah, it's a rollover to third most of the time. So, yeah, I think that's probably the next thing would be run him out there, see if the bigger target would help the way he throws his pitches. Maybe Danny says it in a different way. I don't know. Uh, maybe they stop looking at the iPad. Every time he gives up a hit after the innings over, he's running over there. You see the same thing I'm seeing between innings. He runs over there. He flips the iPad. I know it's the error of the iPad. But, uh, I mean, occasionally when you're getting hit around a little bit, it's just easier to walk away from it and trust what you're doing between starts. I'll figure it out after the game. I'll go look at where the pitch is going. I'm sure that's what he's doing is he's looking more at location than he is mechanical things. I think it's rotational. That's just me. And that gets to conditioning. I think that probably might have a little something to do with it, throwing program in the offseason, something like that that, you know, has added up to the the velocities, not where he wants it to be on all of his pitches and consistently the way he wants it to be. Like occasionally he needs the ninety six. When you don't need, when you don't have something else, and you just sort of say, "Here it is. I've had enough of this." He just said he just doesn't have the. No. Here it is. I've had enough of this. He doesn't have that. He, he doesn't. doesn't have he doesn't have that angry fastball. He doesn't have it. So that that sort of right. It's accumulation of a bunch of things. I think a lot of the times he doesn't rotate enough. That's why you see the floppy one that doesn't get out front snap at all. I think he adjusts, he self-corrects on the mound. Then he rotates too much. And then it's the non-competitive glove side one, a way to a righty that it's ball right out of the hand. Look, I'd look, there's so many khakis breaking this down, Jeff, you know, it, and I know it, there are so many different things being thrown at him right now to try and figure this out. They have to, for them to make, I'll simply, this is me saying this, for them to make the playoffs, they got to figure him out. Like, whatever that would be, 
whether you right now say, Danny Jansen, you got him for a week. Go see if that'll work. You just hang out with him, walk around with him, talk to him. If you're thinking that Danny Jansen is the answer, then you then you go after that and you try and figure it out that way. I think they've tried about everything they can try when it comes to routines off the field and how much he's throwing and how many bullpens he's throwing and, you know, dare I say, how good the bullpens are mm. between, <laughs> between starts, which is what you love to hear. And I say this. Why they're saying this out loud is they want him to have confidence. You can tell he doesn't have a lot, right? You can tell when he throws a bad slider, it's like, oh, it was working out there. Why is it not working you, here? You told me it was working out there. You told me it was. Really? I saw it. It was working, and um, he was catching it, and they were strikes. Aaron so. Judge was one, yeah. for, one for 19 lifetime against the uh, uh, a, a, against Alec Manoa and homered in that 94 mile an hour fastball. It's a bad location. It Tried to go location. away. It was down the middle. It was a little up. And and I the reason something that hasn't necessarily been talked about all that much, but one of the other things I found intriguing about the Aaron Judge looking sideways thing is the Jays. The Jays have really done a number on Aaron Judge since May 2022. They've really he well. Hit, when he's the Duke can hit sixty-two he's, he's homers, hit, he's hit one home run off them since then. That was a pretty big one. It was yeah. off Tim Mesa. Mm-hmm. He's hit coming into last night's game. He hit one home run off them. And if you just go to Baseball Savant and look at the chart, it looks like they at some point a decision was made to throw him a little more away, throw more away. You know, which sounds yeah. I guess you would probably throw a right-handed hitter who's got. The bazillion Inside home out. runs. Right. But he's a um, bigger version of Bo Bichette. Whether or not they've. <laughs> That's what he is. It, it, it's pretty apparent. And I've heard this from people that they're, they're the staff wide, a, a strategic decision was made as much as you can because you're dealing with different sure. pitchers and different stuff. Staff wide, the strategic decision was made to not throw as many pitches inside to, to Aaron Judge and to keep going away. Anyhow. Um, didn't work that 94 mile an hour. It's right down pitches. the middle, a little up. I mean, if, if it's it away, if it's away, yeah. I mean, you probably get him out. But, but it was, he missed his spot by a foot, and you miss your spot by a foot. It's to a really good hitter like Aaron Judge. Bad things Easy happen. peasy, as the kids would say. Uh, four innings. Um, and uh, again, you know, we talked about it, just Alec Manoa, life and death. To uh, do 19 changeups. He had one called strike on the changeup. He had one swing and miss on the changeup. He threw an 0 2 changeup. He hasn't made to it the out of the fifth. hole hitter yeah. who is right handed. The eight hole hitter, a changeup. That will tell you right there all you need to know. So maybe it is. I Look, I'm not saying this is going to work, but why Why not try yeah, it? We, he, we uh, have Danny Jansen maybe walk you through it. Maybe Danny Jansen's setup is a little bit bigger, give him a little bit more room to start it where he wants it to start, to have it end up where he wants it to end up? I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of roll my eyes at that, that a guy that had the year that he had last year should be able to do that. But maybe he's doing it off the field, and then when he gets on the field and he's facing a big league hitter, maybe he chokes it off. That's why he's throwing 0-2 change-ups to the eight-hole hitter. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was just not a, it was just not a good night. It was not a good night. The Jays did get four runs in the eighth inning. 
They brought the tying run to the plate after all of this stuff happened. Yep. Which is pretty cool for that lineup. And, and the bullpen was okay. Wasn't great. It was good enough to give them a chance to bring the tying run to the plate. So yeah, you, you know what? I For that. I talked. I, I was. I understand why John Schneider did it, but I really wanted to see. And at, at that point, the game, the game wasn't necessarily close, was it? At that point? No. I really wanted to see Nate Pearson go at Aaron Judge, and I wanted to see. Him I wanted five sliders in a row, Aaron Judge. No, I wanted to see some. I wanted to see some heat. I wanted to see some heat. Nate Pearson against Aaron Judge. I mean, it, you got nothing to lose for. And I'm the same from Nate, from Nate Pearson's point of view. Go at him. Look, God, Julian Julian Merriweather had a great outing against the Jays and or against the Yankees, and they kept him on the roster for five years as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Through all those injuries, uh, and, and Aaron 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 Judge was intentionally walking again. I had no problem with 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 that decision necessarily, but I think maybe did that tell us something about the level of confidence in Nate Pearson? I, th- I think when you see him throw a seven nothing slider to Bowers. Like if Nate Pearson, who is, the, who is having a real tough time catching up to velocity, yeah, a three-two, so that, that would get me, that would get me thinking. That would get me thinking. And, and then, then he, he gets, steals second, and, and Nate Pearson doesn't, doesn't even look over, doesn't even pay attention. So absolutely, All right. Jeff, you're you're trying to give your team a chance, seven not to bring the tying run to the plate, yeah, which is exactly what they did. So. I, it's, I, I listen. Just, at some point, if Nate if, if Nate Pearson is going to be a part of this bullpen, he's going to have to be. He's going to have to get Aaron Judge out in a, in, in a, in a big need, situation. Maybe, maybe he's one know. of those guys that because you don't see him shake off a lot. I've been told this. I don't know if I re, if I really pay attention to every little part that Nate Pearson does when he's too busy looking mouth. at uh, God. I now like I got to look I at Aaron like Judge's the, eyes all the time for I God's like sake. The, Never mind. I like the giant human who can throw ninety nine. I like that. I wish I could see that a lot, but. It is odd that he doesn't shake off a ton, and whoever's pushing the buttons decided to push the slider button with a dude that's hitting in front of Judge when you're down five runs. It's odd, right? So maybe you need to have a little bit better game plan to whoever's catching and pushing those buttons to say, you know, have a flow, have a feel of what's happening here. Because if you walk him, He's probably going to steal second because you don't pay attention to anybody. And then we're going to have to walk this guy. Game two of the four-game series goes tonight at 7.07. And then I'm going to have to bring Tim Mason in throwing 90. Domingo Herman against Kevin Gossman. Yeah. No, it's – yeah. I agree with you on uh, on that. I, I, I say I, I just – do you think if – No. Do you think if they had more confidence in Nate Pearson, they let him go at Aaron Judge in that situation? I, th- I think he should have got the hitter out in front of Aaron Judge. You think as soon as that happened? Okay. I mean, I can't. I can't. That, uh, well, that they're was... not, well, they're not going to intentionally walk him if, he, if he's still standing on Damn. first base. So if you're better at holding runners on, we would have got to see exactly what you wanted to see. Yeah, that's a fair Which point. is him against first Judge. First base is open. Fair point. You know, it's me against you. Like, we, we would have got to see. You may want to ask Jake Bowers, what are you doing? We would have got to see. What are you doing, uh, doing stealing well, Anthony Rizzo has been pretty good, too. And mm-hmm. actually what happened was is he drove in a run. Yeah. On a 90-mile-an-hour whatever that was down the middle. Like, I that's... Yeah. You're facing these good teams. You need these guys to come in and have their best stuff. 
Like that's the thing, right? Is you got to have Anthony Rizzo is getting it down and getting it singing. Speaking of Anthony, he is getting it singing. Speaking of Anthony's, you know who continues to be fun to watch for Who's me? That? Anthony Volpe. He's fast. Puts a lot of pressure. He's he's, he's sort of like Kiermaier, a little. Buck Martinez is Sportsnet's Blue Jays color commentator, Blue Jays analyst. He had some things to say uh, last night about Alec Manoa and about the uh, Aaron Judge. I'm going to call it the Aaron Judge situation because that's ah, what it is. It's not right? really it's that. that situation. It's Whatever. not that. The thing. The thing. I mean, if it's you can thing. pull it off and hit the ball to the moon. It's a thing. I mean, tip your hat to it. Yeah. <laughs> Do a better job of hiding it. Well, whatever it, whatever it is. <laughs> like, that's pretty awesome for him to hit it that far. Yeah. Buck hmm. Martinez joins us next. There's no cheating in this show. <laughs> it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans. Sportsnet 316, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. A reminder that if you're uh, listening to us on a podcast... Leave Mr. Barker a uh, yeah, five-star review. He needs it. Hanging it means so much day. to him. I, I need it. He needs it. The, the abuse I take during well, commercials is something else. It, it, it's, I can't. It's something else. I mean. I don't know about abuse. I mean. I, can, I, prefer, to look, can, I prefer to consider it as, as just sort of good-natured joshing, brotherly you joshing. You see me fish on you? You yeah, see I, that? Fish on me. Let's bring in Buck Martin as our Blue Jays analyst. <laughs> On Sportsnet. Mr. Martinez, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, we're doing well. I've got two places I can go with you. We can do the Aaron Judge stuff, <laughs> but I want and, and and I do want to talk about that, but I want to talk about Alec Manoa first first and foremost. Um and Buck, look, you've been a catcher, you've been a manager. Uh what do you do with Alec Manoa? Yeah, it's uh, everybody's scratching their head. There's no question about it. I'm sure uh, Pete and Jeff Ware and uh, the manager, John Snyder, everybody's trying to figure out what, what's the root of the problem because uh, he's not right, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I uh, have looked at many, many different videos trying to figure out what's different about him, but um, there's something missing. There's not a crispness to his pitches. There's not a lot of life on his fastball and, he can't locate. Obviously, when you walk seven, you're you're battling your your release point all the time, and there's there's just something going on. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're gonna go back to the drawing board once again and, and look at video and see what. You know, he did make some good pitches right out of the shoots. You know, he made mm-hmm. a good pitch to Jake Bowers to strike him out with a fastball inside. And then I I thought I don't think the pitch selection was really good when Judge hit the first home run. Um, he had had trouble with the breaking ball. He doesn't see he doesn't see Manoa's breaking ball very well. As you know, he was one for 19 before he hit that home run. But I, I don't think that pitch selection was good. I don't think the pitch selection that Willie Calhoun was good. He threw a first pitch changeup and then kind of set up Calhoun to look for a fastball, and he hit the two-run home run in the first, and that kind of started everything downhill for Manoa. But um, you know, obviously. The quality of his pitches is what we have seen in the past, and I think that's the biggest concern. Uh, there's something going on that's keeping him from having that. You know, I think, and and 
Kevin understands this. When a pitcher is muscling up to throw a baseball, there's not a lot of life on it. It's kind of dead and, and straight, and there's not a whole lot of Christmas to his pitches. Buck, have you ever oh, you call forever? Have you ever been asked to, you know, have a have a go to a guy and help him get through a situation like Alec Manoa is going through right now? As a catcher, yeah, like like you know, he has a personal catcher in Kirky, which he obviously catches him all the time. And then you would ask be asked to go and like Danny Jansen. The the one thing some people are saying is have Danny Jansen go try and catch. Manoa, that might give him a different look, a different setup, a different target, just a different conversation. Think that would work? But all the time. I mean, when Bobby Cox was managing, he would come to me and say, hey, I want you to catch this guy. Uh, and, and, yeah, George Bambury did it in Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've had managers say that. You know, see what you see with this guy. Call him, you know, catch the game and see what you see. Because from a catcher's perspective, obviously, you have the best seat in the house to evaluate the quality of pitches, but yeah, that has happened before. And, you know, that might be something they try next time. Um, you know, obviously they did that with Danny Jansen and Kikuchi. They switched gears there and it seemed to work. Uh, Danny's caught the wrist a couple of different times, but yeah, something like that might be something you would try because it's getting in a dis- desperate situation now. Eight starts and uh, the results have been um, pretty consistent in, in six of those eight starts. Is... <sighs> What both you and Kevin are talking about uh, with with Alec Manoa, does that explain, like, I'm trying to figure out if the slider is ineffective because of something he's doing mechanically Mm -hmm. or the slider is ineffective because his other pitches aren't effective. Because, you know, everything we hear from the the front office is that the shape, they talk about the shape of the pitch, it's not horrible. Um, And I, 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 you know, I have no reason to think that they're, they're lying about that. No, and then Ross Atkins talked about that on a broadcast last night when he was with us in the third inning. But, you know, that's uh, you take a pitch and isolate it. Yeah, it can look fine. But in a sequence of pitches, if your fastball isn't effective, then you don't have to swing as if you're getting a fastball and chase the slider. So, yeah, the shape can be fine, but it's the sequencing that makes all of his pitches effective. And that's what I meant about the first pitch change up what right. are you changing up from and if, if it's not marco estrada's change up or trevor richard's change up then it's it's really ineffective it becomes a bad fastball and then you can eliminate that next pitch and sit on the fastball and that's what the Willie calhoun did in the first but yeah the shape can be fine but that see that that's where analytics really kind of loses um my interest when it's, oh, yeah, his, his shape is fine. Well, the sequencing isn't good, and that's how pitchers get the hitters out. It's, you know, does this pitch look like the next pitch and make that pitch effective? And it's the sequencing of pitches that allows a pitcher to be effective. And it's not simply, uh, uh, you know, one pitch in a in a bottle that say, oh, yeah, he can throw that. If he throws that with that shape every time, he's going to be good. That's not true. It can be a good shape slider but it's not coming after a well-located fastball. Buck, uh, first impressions, oh, well, the new impressions of Nate Pearson for you are what? Uh, still needs to throw more fastballs. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a great fastball. Yeah. And, and I say, and I go back to, uh, I go back to uh, Spencer Strider. You know, here's a guy that's maybe 5'11", and he just, comes at you with a fastball, you know you're going to get a fastball, and then you throw 
a slider once in a while, and that's when you rack up strikeouts. But you got to put fastball in their mind before they initiate a swing and give you a chase on a slider. But, you know, Nate's got a wonderful fastball. He's been blessed with a terrific arm. And, you know, I was a fastball catcher, Kevin. You mm-hmm. you know there are fastball catchers. Mm-hmm. There are breaking ball catchers. I was a fastball catcher. I love the fastball. I think it's the best pitch in baseball. And if I were catching uh, Jordan Romano and Nate Pearson, I would I would call for more fastballs. All right. The topic of the day, Aaron Judge. Buck, what do you think he was doing? I, I, I don't know, Jeff. Um, you know, and we said that on the air. Uh, you were both. Dan I'm going to say, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say both you and Dan, because I know that there's been, a, there's been a lot of social media talk about this. I would urge people to go back and listen to what you said, because at no point did you guys suggest he was cheating or doing anything like that. You were questioning what he was doing. I just want to say that, to sort of put that on the record. So please go ahead. Yeah, and you know what? I don't care what the Twitter world says. Uh, you know, I don't pay any attention to that. But let me tell you something. Dan and I looked at each other exactly at the same time we saw judges' eyes shift. Like, what the heck was that? Randall Gritchick used to do this during his at-bats, but he looked up. And we talked to Randall about it, and he said, that's so I can soft focus once again. And I just look up, take my eyes off the pitcher for a second, and then go back to the pitcher. But that's not what Judge was doing. And, and for some, you know, we saw him on deck, looking back into the dugout, mm-hmm. talking to someone. We never saw who it was, motioning with his hand. Yes. Should I look slider? Should I look fastball? What, what should I look? And, and, Kevin, you've seen guys do that. You probably yeah. did that. I've done that in the past sure. where you look back into a coach or a player and go, what do you think I'll get this time? And that's not unusual. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then he carried it in, and he, he wasn't looking at the catcher. There's no doubt in my mind he wasn't looking down at Kirk. I don't think he was looking at the first base coach. But it is so difficult to look all the way back into the dugout from home plate. But he was looking for something. And it was just a glance, and then he refocused on the pitcher. But, yeah, we didn't know what he was looking at, and we never saw anything. And if, indeed, they were picking up on Kirk's location or his setup, something like that, that is Fine. That's very, very within the code of conduct for baseball players. Once you get into the area of introducing electronics, that's mm-hmm. when it's, you know, not acceptable. But anything that a batter, a hitter, a base runner can pick up from a pitcher or from a catcher, what they're doing that might give you information about what pitch is coming next, that's all fine and dandy. I was on some of the best teams in baseball that did that, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, we picked up pitches like within two or three innings and they had pitches from the rest of the game. But you know what? And every once in a while, you'll take your lumps. When people think you're cheating, somebody's going to get hit. And that's what happened in my day and age. It doesn't happen much anymore. because, And more than anything, last night, you know, Manoa was using pitch count. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, there's no signs to be stolen there. So if anything, it had to do with the catcher's setup. But I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at it deep enough to really pick up on that yet. Do you expect that there will be – we always ask it. Anytime anything like this happens, is this a type of thing that gets handled behind the scenes first? Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is somebody talks to somebody and, you know, just so you know, we want you to know that we know what we think we know and da-da-da, et cetera, et cetera, and, 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 and that's it. Yeah, you know, and, and that's a good point, too, because, you know, everybody knows everybody nowadays. Sure. You guys have played with each other, and, and there might be a, a, a text sent last night, hey, man, you know, knock it off. 
and that might take care of everything. I don't know. I don't know how these guys react. How we would have reacted was I would have squatted down behind the the, the batter and said, hey, man, you know what, uh, just, just play the game the right way, okay, and we'll be cool. And that's the kind of message that you would send. And if it continues, then you would probably put a knot on somebody's shoulder. Buck, <laughs> uh, George Springer is six for his last 26, 13 for his last 59. He's hitting 219. Are you seeing anything different with George early in the season? Um, you know what? He had a five-for-five five game coming out of the shoot in St. Louis. He didn't hit the ball particularly well, but he had five hits. And, and he, he just – he looks better to me lately. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, you know, there for a while he was sick and he wasn't feeling 100%, but he was still playing, you know. And, Kevin, 600 at bats, a lot of at bats sure. takes you, uh, you know, up and down. You have hills and valleys. And I just think it's, uh, you know, nobody's clicking. The entire lineup doesn't click all the time. And now, you know, Bo has been pretty consistent. Laddie's been pretty consistent. Now Chappie has gone through a little bit of a, a downturn, but he's swinging the bat better the last day or so. So, yeah, it's all cyclical, and, and I don't see anything that suggests that uh, George is not going to pull himself out of this. Now, Buck, I know you're a big fan of Kevin Kiermeyer. I know when, when the signing was announced, you were you know, excited about it. We saw Kevin Kiermeyer in spring training. He's kept it going. Are you surprised how much he has been able to contribute offensively to this team, though? Never mind the great defense, but how much he's been able to contribute offensively? I, I think I am surprised, first, but I think it has a lot to do with his environment. First of all, he's healthy. You know, he's played the last couple of years dealing with a hip problem, and, uh, you know, he finally had to uh, succumb to surgery and, and, and have that fixed, and now he's 100%. And, and you can see it the energy he has in his body because he feels good for the first time in about three years. But I think, too, the atmosphere of being around all these good players, not that Tampa Bay didn't have good players, but they didn't have, you know, those star elite offensive players like Bo and Blatty and Springer and Chapman and, and Varsho and all those guys. I mean, it's a tough lineup where he, he can hit ninth in the lineup and just think about having good at-bats, putting the ball in play. But, yeah, well, he's hitting like 315 now, hmm. which he's never done in his career. But um, I, I think he's been re-energized with uh, his new team. And I've said this before, and we've said it publicly, if, if I were Blue Jays, I'd sign him right now for next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Buck, thank you very Thanks, much Buck. for doing this, as always, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. So you bet, fellas. We'll see you a little later. Yeah, Absolutely. Buck Martinez, Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet. Um, I love the little chuckle Buck gave about somebody would have a knot on the shoulder. and uh, it, it Barker it, would. <clears throat> would Judge? Oh, back <clears throat> in the day? Hell yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. And it, just further to Buck's point also <clears throat> um, about sort of the – I guess the game's darker arts, if you want to call it that, science stealing and things of that nature, you know, not using technology. Um, this franchise, the Blue Jays, is back before, in the, in the history before 2015, because believe it or not, there was baseball played in Toronto before no. 2015, apparently. Hmm. Uh, Carlos Delgado, Robbie Alomar, maybe, Ciro Gaston hmm. to tell you, maybe one of the best science stealers hmm. In the history of the game. It is an art. Robbie Robbie would literally tell you what he was going to hit in the pitch. And it was Robbie Alomar. As a matter of fact, our friend Pat Henkin talks about this. It was Robbie Alomar who took him into the outfield one day and said, you're tipping this. And showed him, took the glove, showed him how to 
this is it, it's gone on forever. Cito, him, Cito himself was mm. tremendous at this, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was a mark of this. It was a mark of this organization. So yeah, Buck's right. There's nothing. Hey, you know what? If if this happens again tonight, a shame in the Blue Jays if they don't correct Absolutely. this. Absolutely, shame in the Blue well Jays said. if you don't correct this. Absolutely. So I and make a better pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're going to throw six sliders in a row to one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball, you but better you know throw what? A good I got one. I got to say this. Here's the thing, because I remember the game. Remember Alex Rodriguez running around third base, and Howie Clark was playing third base for the Blue Jays. Howie Clark was like 33 years old, journeyman, and A Rod either A Rod says I he went it, I ha, uh, or I got it, I got it, I got whatever it. he he did. Howie Clark pulls off. He thought it was John McDonald calling him off. It wasn't ball falls. And the Jays were – John McDonald was livid. And the thing, the thing was, you know the old thing, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. It was just kind of this whole thing of, dude, you are Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And you kind of yeah. – this is a guy, Howie Clark. He's, Howie Clark's trying to, trying to get a little payday going Jay here. Jackson. And I, I thought about that last night. I – and mm. I, I'm not that old school, but I thought it's Jay Jackson, man. This guy's been around. This is a guy who's just again, he's just trying to get he's paid. Fighting. He's to fighting. Stay, absolutely. To stay. And I, yeah. I think it's, I, it's kind of BS. I, I it, it, it's not illegal or anything like that. And this buck said it doesn't even go against the code, whatever the code is. But it's, it's just kind of code it, anymore. It's kind of BS. It just is. I'm not. You know, Jay Jackson doesn't need me to carry water. It's kind of, dude, you you hit a bazillion home runs last year. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know it, that 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 is the part of it that kind of. If he was doing that, and it was it was, it was it was six nothing, like that's the that is the. That's the other this thing. Goes to show you, hitters don't care what the score is. I know. I just thought. I, I was kind of trying to get hot. I thought it was kind of cheap. I mean, I don't think anything less of Aaron Judge because of it or anything like that. I'm still a great hitter and all that, and but I just do you really have to do? Do you need home runs? I, and I understand the Jays have had your number for about a year, but do you really need to really need to do that? And then you look back at the Yankees and the stuff that has said has gone on in the past, and you kind of go, mm. I mean. Anybody, any, you know, anybody who plays for the Houston Astros does something now. What's the running joke? Oh, they must be banging on the garbage counter. Oh, they must yeah, be cheating. I, I'd see I, I, <laughs> on the other side of that, the old saying is think, think long, think wrong. And as a hitter, you want to try and simplify that as much as possible. For him to be able to fisheye, be able to get in an athletic position yeah, and hit a hit ball is pretty remarkable. as far as he did is... I mean that's elite stuff like but, that. That if that's what he's doing, the Gritchick stuff that is something else. I remember Buck talking about that, the Gritchick stuff, uh, looking up and then looking down as as a way of soft focusing. I, I've I remember him. I as a matter of fact, I'm sure they showed it on TV one time because I remember making mm. note about it. And you do see guys do that. Guys do do things to try to focus, especially in daytime. Guys do things to try Look to in the focus. Dugout. Look in the dugout. Right, right before he throws the pitch. Hey, good focus. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's great focus. Yeah, it worked. Uh, we're having fun with it anyway. We are. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's better Takes than trying to. I mean, Alec well, stuff. yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like <laughs> I mean, just press repeat. <laughs> Let's fingers crossed. That's not the case. Fingers crossed. 
I mean, I, I, I will be very intrigued. And when we go to the yard today, I'm, I will ask, Are you? Are, is Danny Jansen going to catch him? Next start is against I, it's the Baltimore the Orioles. Orioles. They're free swinging. They are, they're feeling frisky. There's some dudes getting hot on that team. Yeah. You better make good pitches. Like, I don't know. What do you got to lose? I, I'm interested. Yeah, and then, you know, and your point about you can always have Alejandro Kirk catch somebody I mean, else. Like, what did you say thing, yesterday? Who cares about feelings anymore? Well, like, yeah. You know, I, I, getting I, one of your better dudes right. I mean, and I especially mm. don't, you know, with all due respect to Alejandro Kirk, I especially he don't care hitting. about your feelings if he ain't hitting. Nope. Now, if you were hitting, if you were hitting up well, you'd a be storm, catching. You'd, be catching. you'd be catching. And I'd, <laughs> you'd be catching. We'd go, Alec, uh, you know what? Go <laughs> ahead and him. give up your hang four runs. We're going to get, we're going to get six for you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 416-413-3959 is the number of the back leg line, by the way. We will get to it in 1130. Questions for Kevin. You want to talk? Here's a good, here's a good thing for you to do. Because you got a guy who's seen a bazillion pitches in a bazillion different leagues in a bazillion different countries and has played in the major leagues. You want to find out. I'll let the callers or the, the the voice noters ask you this. What do you think is cheating in baseball? And have you ever done it? Just don't answer. Don't answer. Sitting here with you. We have a caller regards <laughs> that. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Do I know the listeners or what? You do. I do know the listeners. The four one six four one three three nine five. I am you a man of the people. Of I am people. a man. I am a man of the it. people. You are. Brian Hoke uh, has written the book on Aaron Judge. No, really, he's written a book on Aaron Judge. He covers the Yankees for MLB.com. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety, the Fan Sportsnet three sixty, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight. Domingo Herman in the mound for the Yankees. Kevin Gossman for the Blue Jays. <laughs> you laughing at <laughs> what if what if kevin squares him up nah. right in the numbers first pitch and then draws a line come get you <laughs> i mean nah. i mean i no nah, i'm just kidding but boy it would be something no nah. uh this weekend by the way marks the unofficial start of summer <laughs> Does, like. with Blue Jays May 2-4 weekend presented by uh, Rayobi. And to celebrate, we will be giving away tickets. To celebrate, we will be giving away tickets to the game this Friday against the Baltimore Orioles in today's, tomorrow's, and Thursday's episodes. To enter or listen for our code word in each episode, then text the code word to 590-590. Today's code word is Kiermeyer. Text Kiermeyer to 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win. This will be a weekend you don't want to miss. Also, the first 15,000 entrants on Friday will be getting a Blue Jays mesh hat. The first 15,000 entrants on Saturday, and I want to get this thing. I'm going to take up pickle pickleball. The first, the first 15,000 entrants on Saturday will be getting a Blue Jays pickleball paddle. I want to... I want to take up pickleball. I want you to you and you to play pickleball. I'll come and with watch me. you. I'll come and watch. 
Sounds fun. Pickleball. I would. I'd play pickleball. Okay. Is that the one where you can run around the net and hit like you can go everywhere? No. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. I thought pickleball was the one where you. So, so you're not typing yeah, that you, up. I know it's a mini tennis. It's it's basically tennis oh, for man. old people, right? Well, no. It's like tennis tennis for lawn it bowlers. Not. It's tennis for it lawn is, bowlers, isn't it? That is not true. <laughs> There's a professional pickleball league. Of course there is. I didn't even know that. Uh, Anyhow. I thought it was. Just, I've seen you some sport in TV where there's people so running around with the paddle, and you can like run outside you fall and apart. hit it back. And I guess you'd be running all over the place, headband. Anyhow, <laughs> high <laughs> socks, high socks, tight shorts. Yeah, there you go. I think uh, watch it. And boo you like I mentioned crazy. Se- yeah, you would. I, I would. mentioned tonight seven oh seven. Seven oh seven is first pitch tonight. Between the Yankees and uh, the Jays. Uh, uh, and uh, Kevin Gossman, as we said, will be on the mound against Domingo. Ooh, fireworks. Oh, stop it. 7-4, <laughs> of the Yankees won last night. Mm. And, of course, a lot of the conversation after the game, a lot of the conversation in this show was about the now infamous glance yeah, into yeah, the yeah. dugout yeah. By, uh, by Aaron Judge. Brian Hoke is author of 62 Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees in the Pursuit of Greatness. He's a Yankees reporter for MLB.com, and uh, he joins us on Blair and Barker. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Look, you you know Aaron Aaron Judge pretty well. Um, how do you think he? How do you think he's looking at all of this stuff being talked about this morning? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, he was kind of caught off guard, uh, surprised, I think, by it last night. I don't think anybody had told him what was going on. We up in the press box, we knew about it because obviously uh, word travels very fast, but when you're on the field, you're not obviously not reading the tweets and all that. And then, um, But uh, so I think that his response, I don't think that was orchestrated at all. I think that was an authentic response because uh, the question was asked to him and he kind of took a second and he was kind of like, wait, what? And, you know, then there it was explained to him what exactly was mentioned on Sportsnet last night. And he said that, uh, look, there was a commotion coming from the Yankee bench. And that, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't want to, I I'm all for a good conspiracy theory and I hate to ruin a good story, but um, I was curious about it too. I watched that video and I was like, Hmm, what is going on there? What is he looking at? Is he looking at the first base coach? Is he looking at, uh, somebody in the dugout, is he looking in the stands? And um, look, I, the video looked very questionable, curious, I guess. And uh, then when Aaron Boone and Aaron Judge came up with that response about, and they were on the same page about there was noise coming and Judge was basically telling his teammates to shut up. And then it was brought up in the post game. I was like, all right, that, that does make sense. That does track for me. And that's not, and that's not something that I would have even thought about that, his teammates were still getting on the umpire after Boone got ejected. So, uh, you know, I hate to, to ruin everybody's fun, but I think that that does make sense. That tracks for me. I will say this. There was an awful lot of chirping going on from both dugouts last night. Like, I don't know how much it was oh, especially, caught. Especially, especially from the Toronto bench. And yeah. that's why Boone was so livid about the fact that, hey, how come I got thrown out when you've been hearing it from Toronto 
all night here. So I think that, yeah, definitely that that's part of it that I don't want to ignore. Brian, you, you know uh, Aaron a little bit better than we do. You watch him more than we do, obviously. Is there does have you ever seen him do that before? Like look in the dugout like that? That the first time? No. No, I've never seen it. And and you know, that's something John Schneider said last night. They've never seen it. And and maybe part of that is look, we don't always have that close up camera angle zoomed in there. I mean <laughs> Blue Jays cameras are really good. Uh, so, uh, but no, I've never seen any player do anything like that before. And um, yeah, but I think that typically a, a player's not standing in the batter's box trying to hit a big league pitcher and hearing all that commotion coming from his own dugout and trying to tell guys, "Hey, be quiet here. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work here." You know, if I, I was thinking about this series, Brian, and the fact that these teams don't meet again until September. I, I don't think the Yankees play the Rays again till the end of July, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know the the I mean the AL East is going to be such a such a dogfight this year. Obviously, is there? Do you think there's a greater sense of urgency to these games than may have been the case normally? Because I'm I'm kind of getting. I'm kind of getting that sense, just kind of parsing. I know Aaron Judge kind of went, or Aaron Boone kind of went out of his way to say, you know, well, we really haven't thought about it. You know, we just play the games in front of us and can't worry about the schedule and all that. But just hearing what other, what we're hearing from other teams in the East, it seems like everybody, there's a real significance to these these May and, and June games in this division, isn't there? Absolutely. And, and the Yankees just live that because they – uh, had a home-and-home home against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays where they were down at Tropicana Field, and uh, then they had a, a pretty tight four-game series at Yankee Stadium. I mean, these games mean a ton because you don't have that unbalanced schedule right now where now with this new schedule, everybody plays everybody. So, for example, one of those trips where the Yankees could have counted on coming up to Toronto and make up some ground, let's say, uh, now that's been replaced by a series against the Cincinnati Reds where it's now you have to – rely on other teams to do your work for you. So I think that, look, right now, Boone's probably right. You're not looking at the schedule and saying, oh, it's, it's crucial that we must win on May 15. But I think that when you get down to August and September, we're going to be looking back at this schedule and saying, mm, remember that series at Tampa Bay? Remember that series at Toronto? Like, uh, that, that was a big opportunity, and you guys missed it. So, yeah, I think that uh, when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, yeah, they got to keep their blinders on and focus on what, how to win a ball game today. But I think for us, uh, kind of a few steps removed here, we can say that absolutely these uh, series in the division mean a lot because you're not going to get that opportunity later on to, to go head-to-head and make up ground. Brian, do you think if Aaron hits 40 home runs, that's a good season? Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't. I, I said in spring training that uh, I didn't expect him to repeat 62, and not just because I wrote a book about his 62 season. So if he winds up hitting 63, I'm in a tough spot here. But uh, I think that, that I, I don't know. I think you got another book. Uh, yeah, you could keep uh, it going. I'd have to throw on another. Ch- I'd have to throw another chapter on it. But uh, I, I think that 62 last year was such a special season. You know, obviously he had 61 here in in Toronto against Tim Mesa, and that was such a cool moment. Um, but I think that, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that if he's such a all-around contributor that it, he's not just a home run hitter. This is not like Sammy Sosa back in the day mm-hmm. where he's a one-dimensional player. He helps the team on defense. He gets on base. He, he does it all, really. He runs the base as well. I don't think he needs to hit 62 home runs every year to, to help the Yankees the way that he wants to be, uh, the way that they need him to be, and he's their captain. So I think that 
uh, 40 is a good season. 50 would be a great season. And 62 would be an otherworldly season. I think that's what we saw last year. That's an MVP type year. I don't expect him to win the MVP every year. Yeah. Now, he's got the contract. He's got the captaincy, as you said. Is he still the same guy that he was at the start of last year or the year before? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that you can definitely say about him is that um, he, his focus has never changed. It's, uh, it's always been about the team. It's not about me, 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 look at me, look at me. I got the contract. That's not Aaron judge. And it never has been. And I think that's why you saw unanimous support for him getting the Yankees captaincy. That's not something that the team throws around. Uh, they've only had 16 in their history. And that, that's a history that goes all the way back, you know, a hundred years. And, uh, you're putting him up there with guys like Lou Gehrig and uh, Don Mattingly and Thurman Munson and Derek Jeter, of course. And so that's not something the Yankees throw around to just anybody. And so he really did earn that. And I think that the fact that you had unanimous support about that in the front office, in the clubhouse, in the fan base, it, it showed just what a special kind of person he has been. And uh, I didn't think that any kind of contract or uh, money – was going to change that. I think that his focus has always been on being the best player he can and putting the team first and trying to win a World Series, which has been elusive for him. Um, they've gotten close. They've knocked on the door a couple times. But I think to, to really solidify his legacy, he's got to get a ring here as, as a Yankee. LeMahieu and Torres are getting hot offensively. How? <laughs> How are they getting hot? Yeah. Health, maybe? <laughs> well, in DJ's case, yeah. yeah, in DJ's case, he's finally healthy. I think yeah. that this is, a, you know, last year we saw he was a shell of the same guy. He had a foot issue that really he could not get any power behind it. He was kind of a slap hitter. Uh, he was lucky to get a single once in a while, and it was painful to watch him running the bases. And um, so I think that the, the answer to that is he's he's finally healthy. He took the whole offseason, and, and he's back to being the player that he was. And uh, the Yankees gave him a long-term deal because he was that kind of elite on-base talent, and uh, he plays all around the diamond. He's been great for them. He plays third, he plays second, he plays first, he does whatever. He's a ball player. And uh, in Glaber's case, I, I think he, he's always had the talent. You go back and look at his uh, 2018, 2019, I mean, we thought this guy was going to be an all-star every single year, and obviously the performance dropped down. Um, but I feel like he's getting back to being that kind of player that he was early in his career. And um, I, I think he was impacted last year. There were some trade rumors. The Yankees were talking about trading him to Miami. Um, they they would have gone there for Pablo Lopez, the pitcher who wound up going to the twins over the off season. But I think he was impacted by that. I think there was a lot of noise surrounding Glaber. And now that he was able to go through the whole off season, he went through spring training and the Yankees have kind of let that calm down and say, all right, you're our second baseman. Get out there and, and play the way we know you're capable of. He's been doing that. He's been answering it, and I think that the the world has settled a little bit for Glaber Torres, and you're seeing the results on the field. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the return of Luis Severino, you know, that, that I'm not saying the Yankees look at you know look at the situation and say, well, our season doesn't start until Player X gets back or anything like that. But if this team can kind of, they can be a couple of games over 500 in a tough division and get Luis Severino back. I mean, that that's got to be a real a real check mark in the positive, doesn't it? It is a positive, but I'll caution you by saying this has been the story with Luis Severino every year now the last couple of years where the Yankees are saying, well, when Severino comes back, and it's like, well, when is he just going to be here and make 25 or 30 starts? You know, they, They've been plugging him in in, the, in September and the postseason, and I, I think if you go look at the numbers, he's almost made more postseason starts than regular season over the last couple of years. It's been kind of, well, we'll wait on Severino, and then when he comes back, he'll, he'll – 
he'll really help us. So I, I think you'd love to see some more consistency out of him, some health. And I know it's driving him nuts that, uh, you know, the Yankees have been so conservative with him, but for good reason, because he, he keeps getting hurt every single year. So um, I, I would say cautiously optimistic, I guess, if I'm a Yankee fan here, that Severino can come back and make an impact. But I also know that given his recent history, the next injury could be right around the corner. So, yes, he's, he's absolutely an upgrade over uh, Clark Schmidt or Johnny Brito, who actually pitched really well last night. I was uh, That was a, a big start for him. But, uh, yeah, if you've got a healthy Severino, you plug him right back in. But my question would be for how long. Brian, really good of you to join Thanks, us today. Uh, Thanks so much. I'll see you down to the park tonight. Thank you. You got it. I got one question for you guys. That that contest you're running, do I have to spell Kiermaier correctly? Because that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. And you do have to spell it correctly. Yes, yes. But it <laughs> okay, is a tough so one. If, if, you text it, if you text it in and you get the spelling wrong, you don't win. What is it? It's I before E, except, you know, it's uh, the old... The old rule. Take care, Yeah, K-I-E-R-M-A-I-E-R. There we go. There you go. You got it, man. Good talking to you. Uh, that is Brian Hoke of uh, MLB.com. It's a fun book, by the way, the Aaron Judge book. That'd be great if he had 63 home runs. You have to have to do a, do a, a another edition of the book with another chapter just in time for the holiday season. Bing, bang, boom. Huh. Yeah, uh, look, I, I think it's interesting how people around Judge are answering the I thing. I guess we can call it an I thing. Now, right. uh, it's 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 interesting. It's, if I okay, let, let's just, let let me. If I'd said to you two weeks ago that. Name a player that you know, that we're going to see do that. You, Aaron Judge is last on last, the list. On the last on the list. I go, why? 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 Yeah. It, it, again, this this is a this is a mystery here because ultimately the only people who know are Aaron Boone and whatever he was looking at in the dugout. And and I will say this further to Brian's point. And again, because where we were, you could see there was a lot going on in both dugouts last night. Like, there was a and and. You know, the Yankees and Jays, there's some chirping when they play. There's some chirping going on. Garrett Cole's not very far from the from the from the top step whenever they're whenever the Yankees and Jays play. So there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in the dugouts. In the in the dugouts last night. And and um and and the fact of the matter is Aaron now and the Sportsnet cameras also did a great job of okay, Aaron Boone went into the dugout and I didn't see him throw anything. I didn't see him say anything they showed him of course he fired his gum about 150 yards down down the uh, field but they showed him in the dugout he wasn't throwing stuff around he went to the one towards the tunnel came back to get i don't know what it was a lineup card or something came back to get that and then went down so you know it wasn't like he was throwing bats around or firing stuff on the field or or doing anything like that um but there was an awful lot of chirping going on out there there was a did there was a lot of there's a lot of unhappiness with the strike zone last night is the the way I would put it. But again, if you're Aaron Judge, dude, you play at Yankee Stadium. You more to the point, you play for the Yankees. You've been on the road. Yeah, that's you probably that's, you that's probably heard you probably heard it. some stuff, that's right? That's why the answer is a little make you scratch your head a little. Look, I mean, what else are they gonna I say? I mean, I no, what I think the, I think the answer is genius. I think it's a hell of a lot better than saying, oh, I don't know. I mean, I was just, I had something in my eye. You know what? 
Three I, times. I, three times. <laughs> I thought it was genius. I'm I'm again, this yeah, isn't this isn't been, a crime here. This is I I look at it this way. This is a baseball misdemeanor. It's not yeah, a crime. Yeah, yeah it's it not. is a baseball no. misdemeanor. It's amazing that he can do it and hit the ball to the moon. It's amazing. Uh, I'm jealous. We're gonna go to the back leg line in a few minutes. I wanted to ask you this. You were a hitter. Did you want to know what pitch Absolutely was coming? Absolutely not. And where and location? Absolutely, you not. didn't want to know. No, that. no, I was looking fastball all the time, right down so the middle. So if if somebody in the dugout would yell, break, I would throw my bat at you'd him. You'd throw your bat. Okay. Do you think do you think that we would be surprised? Those of us that haven't played the game would be surprised at how many hitters don't want to no, know that. No, I don't. Th- I don't think you should be because it's a it's a lot of you work so hard off the field mechanically that if you're ready to hit a fastball, it's sort of you want to make it that simple. When you walk to the plate, I look for fastball. Now, a lot of good hitters this time, they guess a lot. And even I think Brandon Belt came out yesterday and said he's been guessing. He's been guessing a lot. That's why he's had his ups, ups and downs. Sorry, tough time getting through that one. I laughed. Uh, ups, ups and downs. I don't see the humor early, behind early, it, but, early but the, again, I haven't been a left-handed the, Early in the season, batter, that's why so. he's had his, uh, his ups and downs. But... Most people can't do that, especially when everybody throws as hard as they throw. You have to look fastball because you don't want to take the good one and then have to hit the big curveball and the slider. <laughs> Devastating. I, just, of, I don't know why that's so funny. I don't me. know either. Yeah. I got no, it's like there's an inside joke here that I think <laughs> I just, just you got, and you and Brandon Belt know it. Because I it's <laughs> okay, but yeah, I, I well, think there it, are guest hitters. There, there is, but you. Got, Brandon, I'll raise my hand and say Brandon Belt shouldn't be one of them. That's that what that's just me. That's just okay. me with the mechanics and his age and what he looks like he has trouble hitting. Simplify that thing. Look right down the middle for something hard. Don't overthink it. But maybe that's what yeah, you do when, this is when you really can't funny. catch I'm, up I'm, to the I hater. Feel upset. You look for something else. Hopefully you get it. You hit it hard somewhere. He's been doing that lately, so give him credit. Give him credit for it. But it was the old thing too that if your buddy is standing on second base and gives me the sign for breaking ball, and it's a fastball, and I take it, and I'm behind in the count now. Now he's not my buddy anymore. Like, they, that's it, the th- that's the thing that that friend thing and that good teammate will go right out the window if you're calling and telling me something and you're wrong. And you know what? Now I hate you. And you like, always let's be honest. I don't thing, like you anymore. One thing about baseball, there are so many eyes out there that you don't always know what the other team knows. Sure. No, that's exactly right. No, you don't that's always exactly know what right. the other team. I mean, that, exactly that is very right. simple. That's it. But right there. if they know that you're doing that. And that's exactly right. That's it. That That's it. So, you know, it, the the couple of friends that I did have on the team, which were, they were far and few between. Like, I Why be is honest, that? Just because it's. You it's, strike it's me a, as such, you're a, such a nice. It's a marathon. you're such like, a nice guy. A, that, and, and, it, and every time. It's, every time I talk. Do you have 24 friends? 24? Do I have four? If you, if you put 25 guys in a room. Yeah. Do you think all 25 are going to like each other? No. So, uh, right but, out, I, but right I would think the gate, right I would think gate, I've already eliminated twelve because I hate what? every pitcher on the team there is. So I've eliminated every every one of them. So I'm down twelve already okay. before I even walk in the room. I've already eliminated those twelve. All right. Okay. okay. So now you're talking about the other thirteen. You got to pick your buddies and 
probably one of those or two of those hit similar to you, mm-hmm. try and do sort of the same thing at the plate that you do, that you like to hit in the cage with, that may soft toss you occasionally, that you just don't want to listen to the, the hitting coach anymore. You've had enough of him. I don't want to hit. I don't want to listen to him. What he's spewing ain't working for me. So I want somebody else that's similar to me that would soft toss me, show up with me. I might right. buy him a sub sandwich, you know. It's, Jimmy Johns. Well, it's tough, Jimmy tough times in the minor leagues. Don't get much better than that. So you're getting them that, so they soft toss you. And All right. Yeah, so it's. I'm still trying to figure out. It's a out. marathon, right? It's it's a marathon. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Just whenever I heard Brandon Bell oh, talking I was, about, the, okay. about the guessing yesterday with Hazel. I just when he said I was guessing too much early in the season, guessing for what? Like I, I mean, it's, Kevin. <laughs> what are you guessing for? Kevin, you were guessing wrong. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin. I, I thought it was funny. I'm sure he thought it was funny. Kevin, Brandon Jeff. Belt, Jeff. I just want to see if it's going to make you laugh Jeff. just seeing Brandon Belt's name. <laughs> he's been he's been doing well. Like he's he had a he's guessing he had better. A bunt he's guessing better. Three one count. Is that what you want him doing? Raise your hand in a 3-1 count that's left-handed that air quotes can hit homers that you won't having bunt singles. Raise I, your hand if that's true. I will say that's this. that's what you want. I will say this. I mean, I'm all for raising your batting I, I, average, but it's 3-1 count, but it's time to get frisky. I will say this. Okay. Belt, like, belt and Kirk hitting back-to-back is like a human double play. I mean, Kirk, I mean it I, is. It's Brandon, like a Brandon's, double play landmine. Brandon's hitting the ball hard. But the 3-1 bunt single, I Anyhow. boy, I want you to start trying to go <laughs> way up. Let me guess if I can get the number here. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. Your chance to leave questions for Kevin Barker. Tell Kevin Barker jokes. Ask Kevin Barker for directions. Ask Kevin Barker for hitting tips. Make no suggestions for the no Blue jokes. Jays. All that stuff. No food. 416-413-3959. Just the opposite of what Jeff said. Brandon Bell. Call in and do. Brandon Bell. <laughs> 416-413-3959. Blair la- and Barker. I'm not laughing at know, him. Not. I'm just laughing at what he said. It's Blair and Barker. And the 3-1 bunt single. Okay. <laughs> Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seven oh seven is the first pitch tonight. Jay's maybe the second of four games against the New York Yankees. Mr. Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk. Following the game. See what happens tonight. Nothing. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I do have a difficult time wrapping my head around that whole scheduling thing, though, having to wait until the end of September to see see this team again. Or September. I don't like the schedule. I, I've made that. I, I've come oh. to that. I've come to that conclusion. I don't like the new schedule. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to go into the streets and riot about it, but I, I don't like it. And I think it's it's interesting. You're starting to hear more and more of the American League East people say the same thing. Like the, this division this year. You, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive because you think the division's so good. Wouldn't you rather play games against teams outside your division that aren't as good? 
No. Not you, really. You, you want to play games against teams you got to beat head-to-head in order to move up in the in the standings. I mean, the last thing you want to do is be the AL East team in the last place, five games out of the wild card spot, and you're playing a bunch of games against teams that aren't going to have an impact on the wild card spot. Uh, anyhow, uh, this weekend marks the official start of summer with Blue Jays May 2-4 weekend presented by Ryobi. To celebrate, we'll be giving away tickets to the game this Friday against the Baltimore Orioles in today's, tomorrow's, and Thursday's episodes. To enter, listen for our code word in each episode, then text the code word to 59590. Today's code word is Kiermeyer. Text Kiermeyer to 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win. Nailed that. I did. This won't be – right, this, you won't want to miss this weekend. The first 15,000 entrants on Friday will be getting a Blue Jays mesh hat, and the first 15,000 entrants on Saturday will be getting a Blue Jays pickleball paddle and an invitation to play Kevin Barker and myself in a game of doubles pickleball. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'll come watch. Oh, you'll, you'll be playing. So you'd be good at this. By the way, Josh Allen. Huh. Josh Allen was out taking BP I yesterday. Went way up. Josh Allen. Bill's quarterback was out taking BP yesterday along with Matt Barkley and uh, another Allen, another quarterback in the Bills whose name escapes me. Anyhow, Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. shorts, running shoes. Josh Allen was going into the 200 level and easily. Yeah. Easily. Mm -hmm. A couple of occasions. Nathalie. And I saw uh, saw and heard his interview with uh, with Hazel May after the game. He is. Uses his lower half wheel. First time I've seen him in person. The big dude. He is a big. Want to tackle that? Big man. (laughs) Not a chance in hell. Me either. I I had no idea. Mm -mm. I had no idea just how large he is. Mm -hmm. Seems like a really. He was having a lot of fun. They had him in in the outfield shagging. Release uh, that top hand ball, go further, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just. It's fun watching. It's like the same thing when golfers show up and they take BP. And you look at these golfers. Some of them are kind of skinny. Not you watch those guys. How many those golfers guys, you seen? They've, they've shown up and take BP when they have uh, they they uh, they uh, the the Canadian Open a couple of years ago. A couple of guys showed up and uh, they were taking BP and they're okay. I mean they weren't like slapping the ball to right. They're fine. Yeah, they got. I mean because they got good hand eye for the sure. most part. But, man, Josh Allen yesterday was uh, was impressive. Hey, it's time for the back leg line. The number is 416-413-3959. Did you ever play in Oaxaca, Mexico? I did. For them or? For them. You played for them. There you go. Phil from Oaxaca, Mexico. And after tonight's game, can you guys please explain to everybody so everybody understands, including me, uh, why, what the difference is when sign stealing is illegal. I thought it was when everything is electronically aided, kind of yep. like the guy in the hat with the TV camera back in the day for Jose, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. But that never happened. Or the Houston Man Astros. Right. But if it's not electronically aided, sign stealing has always been part of the game, and it's up to the Jays to correct that. Is that correct? Phil, thanks. Thousand percent. Ab- One million percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you answered it. It's a fair game, I believe. We haven't had Buck. Now he no, Buck, Buck didn't seem to like the the fish shine into the dugout. He didn't seem to like that. But I got no issues with that. If you if you can do it and pull it off, 
and hit a ball as hard as Aaron Judge did, yeah, more power to you. As long as you're not doesn't Again, involve electronics, that's, go for it. If you can do that's it, go the for issue. It. As long as there's you're not using electronics in the dugout to do it. As long as you're not using electronics to transmit, um, to transmit signals mm-hmm. from the, you know, the the video room uh, to the uh, to the dugout. I mean, it's fair game. If you and and if you're a catcher and you're still using hand signals, you gotta. I mean, you gotta you gotta protect those signals. And pitchcom is supposed to change that but you're still going to see guys location's still going to be a thing that you're going to you're going to see the guys are going to be tipping location in that that's not going to change well i mean that you can you can try not to do that you can set up later you yeah. can you know you can give danny the jansen's yeah, become well, good at he wasn't always give, good give at the glove it. down and yeah. he wants the ball up like you can do little things like that to do it very late so a team like the yankees if they were doing that and relaying signs by the way you can do better if you get a chance, go on social media and try to find the footage of a recent game. It was a junior college game in New Jersey. And there's a runner on second. He takes a lead. And the starting pitcher, just as he's ready to turn to throw to second, guy runs back to second right away. Opposing manager walks out, puts his hand up, goes to the home plate umpire. Home plate umpire calls the manager over. Whoops. Home plate umpire calls the base runner over, takes off his batting helmet. Home plate umpire goes into the dugout, see more of your batting helmets. Oops. They'd had devices, transmit wow. listening devices in the helmet. Said manager is now quit. I would think so. But it was great because I was following it in Twitter, and there's a guy responded said, "I got my I got my you know what lit up by that team eight years ago. Now I know why." And then someone else said, "How come we didn't have it when I played there?" And another guy said, "I played for that manager. He was a jackass." And then it, it was hilarious. So anyhow, yeah, it was yeah. they'd gone in their own. But wow, it was just crazy. I and I, I, you know the and I, the the guy I felt sorry far. for it. It was on a it's local TV station, like yeah. just kind of the local cable station. Sure. Yeah. Um, and he was trying to figure out. He did a hell of a job. He was trying to figure out what was going on and da 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 da. And the son of a gun figured out what was going on before the rest of us, like mm-hmm. like watching it, figured out. Wow. But it was so you know. Let's see the batting helmet. Mm. What's this? Wow. And let's see the other batting helmet. All of them had it. What's this? Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Anyhow. Rob from Sydney, Nova Scotia. Rob. Just want to say I love you guys. Love the show. It's great. Um, just wanted to post something to you. Um, because the Jays this year seem to be uh, have less power than they did last year, I was wondering if you thought that – I was thinking that maybe um, if you would put uh, Kevin Kiermaier up first and even put Mary Field up ninth just to maximize their speed – and to and the distraction that to be in the base pass to the guys at the top of the order and then mix them in however you want after that. If you think that might be a really good way to really put the pressure on the pitchers and uh, and distract them while the top of the order guys are hitting. Just a thought. Let me know what you think. Yeah, Rob, Thanks. but you know what? It's uh, I, I've thought all along that George Springer is going to be this team's leadoff hitter come hell or high water. Kevin, he's got one double. Yeah. Um, he has not had a good 
start to the year. Nope. As Buck said, five for five. Some weak contact in that five for five. Yeah, uh, in the five hit game. Absolutely. And of course, and and we are told, he, and, and this makes the decision to pinch it for him, have him pinch it for Varsho even more puzzling. I talked to someone who's with the team in that road trip, and got in the elevator with George, and basically wanted to get out. Because George looked like he would, he had just, he looked really sick. Like, we're not talking sure. stomach flu. We're talking. Well, it's about the lefty that was on the mound, right? It was, it was Soto. Yeah, who I, I know. But was but, land based on lefties. But to Rob's point, the Jays are 16th in baseball in home runs with 44. So I, I'll get back to this that I've said for a while. It's amazing how good this team looks when their starting pitcher mm-hmm. doesn't look like it looked last night. Like, it really does. How good their at-bats look, how they use Can the I entire field. Kev? They're, like, it would be hard to move around the lineup when your team is looking the way it looks when your starting pitcher looks the way they look. Do you think there's any chance they move Springer? Where? I mean, I don't know. Where would you move him? You have to have a good spot. It, 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 I mean, he's not. You have to have a good spot. Yeah, he ain't going to. He wouldn't hit. So you're mo- you'd be wanting to move everybody up a spot. So that would mean Varsha would be third. That means Chapman would be clean up. Do you put Who's Springer fifth? fifth? You put Springer fifth. Now that would mean George is coming up with a lot of traffic. Right. Do you hit he's him not sixth? been real good traffic. You hit him sixth. Some traffic. Hit him seventh. Traffic. Hit him ninth. I mean, he's making one hundred and fifty million dollars. Mm. Like that, that would be a giant. Do you tough hit him sale. second behind Bo? I mean, and yeah, maybe for, for for me, it's not the velocity. Most of the right. most of the time, right. when you That's would want to put other than Bo, you most of the time. And now it's about your best hitter, right? Judge is hitting in the two hole. Like they want to put it there because you're getting more at bats and. Those kind of things, and that's normally how you know the khakis have said that's that's where you put your elite offensive player. George is for me anyway. When I watch him, has some issues with the breaking ball. Put him in a two hole, combat that, getting more fastballs. Not sure. I'm not sure that that would be the thing. That's why I said there's no there's no easy fix for him. George is either going to get out of this hitting leadoff, or he ain't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one, I, I, I was sitting one, there as you were talking, trying to figure out where you're right. It's it, one thing for the John to move Bo because he's came up with Bo. Bo's a young guy, had not been paid yet from the two-hole to the seven-hole. That's one thing. But dropping a $150 million man, everybody rolls their eyes and says, you know, it's about the team. Yeah, it is to an extent. <laughs> and then that guy's making $150 million. Yeah. yeah. David and Peterborough. David. Love the show. Watch it every day on uh, Sportsnet. Thanks. Um, just had a question about Judge Gate. Um, if gate uh, you're the pitcher and this guy's glancing over like that and you see that, don't you just change the grip on the ball and fire a high, hard one um, and change that pitch on him so that he uh, doesn't uh, doesn't get the satisfaction of hitting that pitch that he um, allegedly stole? Just wondering uh, if that would be the case. Thanks. Love it. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. That's that's an intriguing point. I look. I I think because think Jay, do you think Jay Jackson knew he was looking? No, no. Uh, didn't sound like it yeah. when Hazel was asking the question after the game. It didn't sound like he had any idea until he went and actually watched it, and it was brought to his attention. So I, I I think it seemed to me like anyway. Whenever I was noticing the three times that he did it, he was doing it really late. Like Jay would come set, and it was almost like when he was lifting his leg, 
right before that was winning with peak. And then he would have that little split half a second or a second and a half to actually see ball and hit ball to moon. So that, see that ball, is sort of absolutely. So it's, so it's look, I, you would like to think you could cross up a guy doing that, but then you would also cross up your catcher. And I don't think that would be the smartest of things to do. Just m- maybe make a better pitch, I think, would be the recommendation, right? Is And and if Kirky's doing something wrong, he shouldn't be doing to give it away. Obviously, there was something. If if he was doing it and it was he was peeking to get signed, obviously they were thinking they could pick up something. Now, I was thinking, Jay threw six sliders in a row after about the fourth one. Why look over there? You're thinking if I'm seeing however many pitches I'm seeing, I'm sitting slider. Like I'm, I don't have to look over there to know that, but – it's peace of mind to know that if we got it because of what Kirky's doing, then I'm going to take it probably, and I got a better chance of hitting it to the moon. David from Calgary. Good question. Though. Uh, just curious. Do you think we are close to Nate Pearson taking over for Jimmy Garcia as the seventh inning guy? For no. my money, that's where they got to go. Uh, Jimmy's been struggling. His 96 is not what it used to be, uh, and Big Nate, I think is finding it where we always hoped he would be. Thanks again. Hope you guys uh, have an amazing day. Cheers. Thanks, David. I mean, listen, I, I'm going to say I'm going to be in that camp of no. Yeah. See, I think they've. I think Nate Pearson has to stay up here and find a bullpen. There's sending him down. What sending him down to AAA is is just not going to accomplish anything. Is he it ready is to replace Jimmy Garcia? No, he's not ready to replace Jimmy Garcia right now. Eric Swanson is the only guy I see. And maybe Tre- I think you may see Trevor Richards and Eric Swanson somehow get a little more, uh, yeah, a, a little more to- responsibility. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Trevor yeah. Richards has earned it. Sure has. He's done what you wanted him to do, and he's been consistent. Yeah, and he seems to have. He seems to have figured out. I mean. It, it, Mechanically, he seems everything seems to be working. Arm speed on the change. So you ride that as long as you want. But yeah, to me, Nate Pearson stays up here, and and he he ain't learning anything in AAA. He's got to stay up here. And, but seventh inning's a bit strong. Yeah, but I I don't mind I don't mind using him the way they're using him right now. Maybe every now and then letting him dip his water dip dip his feet into some high leverage situations. But um, you know you're. I just the, the the point with Nate is this: Nate's got to throw ninety seven. Nate's got to give me ninety eight, ninety nine, and 100. a lot, a lot, a lot, and whatever it takes to get him to do it. I've said this: forget the slide. It's not me, the, it's not the stuff. No, it's everything that goes around give, the give stuff. Give me your That's, best. That for me is give me your best velocity. And 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 the, and elevate, throw the, the curve. elevated flat me fastball best, for him at that place. Yeah, so you can give tell me your the best hitter, velocity. Hitter will and, tell you that place, and then you throw pitches. To certain guys that you probably shouldn't be throwing. Uh, I guess if you want to blame the catcher for that, go ahead. I'm not. He's the one throwing it. I'm going to blame the pitcher. But I, I think if velo he, and he, curve, man, uh, just yeah. velo in your curve. That's all I want to see from him. That's all I want to see. Well, from throw him. throw your velo when you should throw it. That, that that is for me more of an important part of it because it's really good. Like his fastball is really good now, and it's consistent. Throw it when you're supposed to throw it, and if he does that. If you want to throw him in a seventh inning, if you if you don't have anybody else, if I have other options, Nate's not my seventh inning guy. But if you don't have anybody else and he can show you that he can throw the velocity and the fastball where he wants they to, would love. to a decent hitter, they're they're trying to give it to him. They, they, they want, want him. him to. Yeah, but, they want him to is but exactly it's the right. the 3-2 slider to the leadoff hitter with Judge on the on-deck circle down five will make you scratch your head. It, it, just, it will make you not want to see him pitch again. Is what it makes you, and that's uh, that's a shame. 
Scott and Bradford, you want to talk about Alec Manoa? My my comment is just I'm curious about Manoa. Now, with Mitch White coming back, and I know this might not be a popular thing, what are the odds that the Jays send him down for a couple of starts just to try and get his slider working, see if he can get his control working against less substantial opponents, maybe get a chip on his shoulder, get him come back and just start dominating again. I don't know if it works, but uh, maybe worth a shot. You know, the one thing we haven't said, the one thing we haven't talked about with Alec Manoa is sending him down to the minors. I wouldn't do that. I, what, what's your other Mitch White? Well, yeah, and 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 again, have you seen the schedule? Have you I'm, seen the schedule? They're gonna. I, will I'm, Mitch? Will Mitch White be good against the Orioles? Uh, what who, the who Jays? No, what, right now the Jays are in a situation where they. You, you'd like to get Kevin Gosman an extra day as much as that's sure. what you're going to use Mitch White for. I yeah. don't think you're going to use Mitch White to replace Alec Manoa. Now, if this continue, I mean, this is May. This is the middle of May. Sure. This is a now we're starting to talk sample size, right? Now we're starting it, to talk sample his size. Next three starts would be against the Orioles, the Rays, the Brewers. Yeah. You want Mitch White in all three of those? No, but I don't know if I want Alec Manoa in all three of them either. I, I do. So I, he needs to figure it out, and the only way he's going to figure it out is to pitch against these guys. Like, yeah, they needs to figure it out. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. They don't have a better option. I mean, the only, if they had an if they had another option, I truly believe this. If they had another option, he'd be on the IL now with something. They would have found something. Maybe. Sore shoulder. I mean, God, I got a sore shoulder. I do too. <clears throat> Yours is from carrying the show. Um, Great point. They would find something. But no, I, I'm with Kevin. I don't, but you know what? Uh, point being, we've talked about everything but else. Let's try the catcher first. Let's try the 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 great bullpens between starts. See, and, and let's yeah, try maybe changing up the routine a little bit more, and then go from there. And I don't get this as That's a we. I, I don't get this as a we need to light a fire under his butt situation. Doesn't work. I, I, it, no, and yeah, I don't think. I don't think that's. He he knows he's not pitching well. Yeah, I like that's. I, I don't think this is. You know, I think Kevin may have hit. The nail on the head. Alec Manoa may have maybe learning something about what he needs to do in the offseason in terms of his throwing program and in terms of conditioning. That's possible. Mm. And he would not be the first young guy to have to go I'm through that. I'm just saying that because of the velocity. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, newsflash, other other people are saying the same thing. Sure. So um it's not it's not something we just we just kind of pulled out. Yeah. Uh John from West Kelowna. Hi, John. Uh you know, we have three pitchers that are nearing the time to come back. Pop, Mitch White, and Adam Simber. My question is, what three pitchers are they going to replace if they should replace any of them? Bullpen has its struggles here and there, but overall I think the type of pitcher, a more hard-throwing pitcher in Nate Pearson would be better than Simber. And do we need that long man? Could Nate Pearson be that long man to replace Trevor Richards as kind of the long man, and he's not pitching too bad either. So... Do these three pitchers move up, or are they going to stay down in uh, in AAA? So I ask you a question before yes, you start. Sure. If Mitch White makes one more start, one start in the minor leagues, where would he come and pitch? Is he starting? Is he the long relief guy? What's he doing? He's coming up to me to start. Just to just just make a spot. Just to make start. everybody have an extra just day. That, that's start. sort of the point, right? Yep. Just a spot start uh, of the mm-hmm. other relievers. I, look, I've said this about Zach Pop. I'm going to continue to say it about Zach Pop. Zach Pop should stay in AAA and become a closer, period. Um, that's my point of view. 
He needs to figure out how to get a lefty out. Adam Simber, uh, you know, Adam Simber's got a track record, and Adam Simber has got the trust of the manager. I mean, I, I think lefties the, out too. I think the obvious thing is you do Simber for Jay Jackson <clears throat> or White for Jay Jackson. But I don't. Again, I, I, the Mitch White. I don't know if he's just going to make one start. I would think you'd almost want him to make a couple of starts in AAA, wouldn't you? Like at well, this I point, think, because I, you've I think been about really, the schedule. Been, is there a soft really point in your schedule where you can bring him up? I mean, they're getting the Brewers, the Mets, the no, Astros, it, Minnesota. Like, there's not really you, a soft spot, you, spot here. No, you have to do it. Yeah, you have so to. So it do doesn't it. matter about the opponent. Is yeah. what your point? Well, is. What I'm saying is they've been pretty careful with him. Do you see one start in AAA and say, "Okay, he's good. Bring him up," or do you see the start of AAA? See how he handles that. You know, give him another start. Maybe a start after I, that. I, I he would I make know. ton of sense of piggyback in Manoa. Like, but he's sort of the guy that that's if that great, goes four that's innings, a great point. Then I got a dude that can give me the other that's five. That's a great point. And you're not blowing up the bullpen. That for me makes a ton of sense. The starting thing that disrupts everybody else. I I I don't get why they're trying to give guys extra days well, this early in the season. No, I get just, that. It, maybe dog days of August or something. You want to give a guy an extra day? I think yeah, a maybe. lot of it. A lot this of early it, in the season? A lot of it has to do, you've talked about this. I mean, I think a lot of it just has to do with Kevin Gossman as well. Maybe. The numbers are the numbers. Maybe are that's there. something he's telling them. And you know what? If yeah. if you've got Alec Manoa scuffling, you got to maximize Kevin Gossman's games. Hey, Kevin Gossman's yeah. starts are, are must-win starts. And if you got to do something to give him an extra day to get that must-win start, then I think you have to do it. Thank goodness but, for Chris Bassett. Oh my God! Holy moly! Oh, I mean, would you would you thought you'd say that after his first start? No, not me. And now, but now, now, it's now like, I, I look now, forward to his oh, starts. I'm, I'm marking can't down wait. Chris Bassett's starts. Can't wait. Chris Bassett's become. Really, really good. It's become fun to watch, too. Yeah, uh, he, he really has. Yeah, he gets fired up at himself, yeah. which is great. Well, that Friday game between him is... It, it was great. That was great. That was, was just... That was... The that way was he thinks wonderful. his way through everything, he does everything. Yeah. Like, he is the everything when he goes pit and pitches. The game caller, the the lane person, like, you know, he's the, he's the guy at the airport, right? It, or the person that does the, here comes the plane, right? It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, something. We didn't have anybody send this in. I noticed it. I, I may have missed something. Do you know why Kevin Kiermaier is wearing glasses now? I, 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 it's the wind, keeping the wind from hitting his eyes because his eyes get dry from the contacts. Thank you. When he runs, because he's really fast. And, and no, it's when I, I the just, wind hits his eyes, makes I, his eyes dry. I, I didn't notice That's that. Why. Somebody pointed this out to me. I guess when, yeah. when Hazel was talking to Danny Jansen mm-hmm. after the walk-off, Kiermaier was sitting on the on the the yeah. uh, dugout railing waiting for him, yeah. and he pointed to Supposedly his Supposedly your eyes with contacts, I don't know this because I don't wear them, are, get very dry. Oh. And when he runs... I thought maybe it was a, like a glare thing or I, something I don't like that. Think so. well. I don't think so. I think it's more white, of the, clear, right? the when, when he runs in the outfield, the, the, yeah. the wind hits his I eyes did, and makes his eyes dry. So I, admit, that's why. I admit I didn't notice it until uh, until that interview. Yep. Anyhow. There you go. There are our, our listeners. An eagle-eyed listener said he noticed it a couple of days before. I think in the Pittsburgh series he said he noticed it. So mm-hmm. there you go. Way to go. Uh, eagle-eyed listener. Yep. Eyes. They're great. All the eyes them. always have it. Tremendous. That's it for us today. Don't forget Mr. Barker and myself who are doing Blue Jays talk tonight. Let's see if there's any revenge. Probably not. Let's just settle for a Blue Jays win. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360. 
If you're listening to us via podcast, leave that five-star review for Barker. Say nice things about him. It means so much for him. I, of course, don't care. Have a great day.